Hello, everyone. Good evening and welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. It is a spoiler cast for The Boys, Season 2, Episode 8. Andrea, how's it going? It's been a while. <laughs> it has. It has. We've both been pretty busy. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Still trying to warm up for my very, very freezing cold softball games that I just played. Uh, yeah. If uh, if you ever get the chance to play softball mid-October, don't do it because <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm here. You know, I'm hanging in there and, and I'm slowly regaining feeling in my fingers and toes. So nice. can't complain. <laughs> okay. How are you doing, John? Good. Yeah. Warmer than that. You know, I'm outside mm -hmm. sporadically now and stuff. So not too bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sports in the upper northern areas of the United mm -hmm. States um, at this time of year is, is yeah. iffy. Yeah, it's Sometimes a dicey it's game. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah. To, we've uh, we've had pretty decent weather. I mean, last week we were still playing, you know, and I only had like one layer of clothing on. Um, and and this week I had I think upwards of four at various times, you know, during the game, depending on how warm I was. So mm -hmm. can change really quickly. But yep, it's the last yep, week, so sure. I survived. I made it another year, and I'm sure. By the time softball rolls around next year, I'll totally forget how cold it was. So. Yep. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, a uh, little housekeeping up top. Just mm -hmm. we've been, uh, yeah, sorry, we've been gone. Um, shortly, we'll be getting back to more regular schedules. Um, but for now, bear with us. We we didn't forget the last episode of The Boys. <laughs> how it could we? It did happen. I know. We did see it. Um, it's been, been a little, it feels like it's been a little bit now. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but, um, but yeah, we got that. And, um, otherwise you'll be able to see this in our regular podcast feed for now. And, um, yeah, after October, um, expect our regular two episodes a week. Mm -hmm. Um, are you drinking anything fun today? I see you got a, a couple holidays. I know, holidays. I know yeah. there were, there are quite a few surrounding today. Um, we had Global Champagne Day and National Liqueur Day uh, back on Friday, October 16th. And tomorrow is International Gin and Tonic Day. Um, unfortunately, I am not drinking any of these things. I came straight from the softball field, so I've only got my trusty water with me. But all of these days are like days that I would normally love. So I'm kind of bummed I didn't have the time to grab yeah. something. I would have done the gin and tonic. That was sounding right? good, but yeah. uh, I don't have any tonic water. So. Oh no! You couldn't uh, couldn't come up with like one of your crazy substitutions. Yeah, for tonic water, <laughs> um, tap water with uh, I don't know what I do to it. Yeah. You don't have like an air hose or something. You just go like shoot at it, pretend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just I think, uh, got a can of air down here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think my favorite substitution you ever shared had to be the uh, the um, green bean, the pickled green bean juice that you were talking about when you made your martini. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, pickle one pickled vegetables goes the next, right? Why not? That's right. That's right. You know, you get just the same spirit of the thing. So, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Alan approves. Uh, old canned air that is. Oh, yes. I thought you meant the pickle. Okay. All right. 
Um, but no, I'm having, I grabbed a beer quick. Um, okay. It's a seasonal um, shocker, shocker, super kind of millennial pumpkin spice beer. <laughs> but it's um, it's an intense one. I didn't know what it was other than pumpkin something when I grabbed it, but it's an Imperial Stout. Sure. So it's. Uh, Who's it from? So it's uh, Krebs Brewing. Krebs. Uh, okay. They're Prairie Artisan Ale. And um, yeah, I had never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Ashley picked it up. It looks funny. It's got a pumpkin on it. I was going to say, you've got so, like a cute little picture on there. Yeah. Yeah. But Imperial, Imperial Stout with pumpkin, cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, uh, coriander, clove, and caraway. 11%. And uh, yeah. All right. It's good. It's tasty. You got, you got basically like every flavor of the season kind of just jammed in there. Well, yes. Yeah, a holiday party in your mouth there. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. It's really intense, and it's called a basic Becky. And we're we were thinking a basic Becky would be shocked by this. It's like, oh, you know, a PS uh, PSL or whatever. Right, right. Beer. That's great. And PSB. Then drinking, like, Whoa. Yeah. Pumpkin spice beer. PSB. Yeah. Let's make it a thing, John. <laughs> you heard it here. We started a trend. PSB. All right. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that. It's good. Um, we, before we get to the boys, the mm -hmm. season finale of, of, uh, season two, um, we got a few news stories to, to punch through. Mm -hmm. I saw you have a Furiosa story, huh? Yes. Yes. So, uh, they're doing a spinoff, um, a, mo a movie solely focused on Furiosa and they just announced some of their casting, um, among which, news broke that Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be Furiosa. And I'm I'm sort of like on the waiver about this casting decision. Um okay. kind of depends on what the storyline is. I mean, you know, I mean you anybody can say like we're doing a background story and we're doing an origin yeah. story, but I don't know. Um Anya Taylor-Joy to me uh previously she's been in um Emma uh, the one that was just released kind of straight to streaming. Um, she's been in the new mutants, um, and then glass, and then also featured in the dark crystal TV series. Um, and I've caught her in, in some capacity in almost all of those. Uh, I have not seen new mutants, um, but I've seen glass, Emma and dark crystal. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit used to seeing her a bit softer, so I'm I'm wondering okay. about this, you know, transformation and how we're gonna tie it to um Charlize Theron's portrayal of Furiosa. So. She has that cool look though, and I feel like mm -hmm. definitely the survival kind of thing goes along with her well. Mm -hmm. I, I really like her. Um I just when I first heard it, I thought, well, I don't wanna wear her out, you mm -hmm. know, overexposure, you know, mm -hmm. the caster and everything now kind of thing. Yeah. But um do you know with the Mad Max world and lore and stuff is mm -hmm. I was under the impression that Max was around before whatever kind of the world devolved into what it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I don't know if that's the case now, because if that is the case and she's playing a young Furiosa, it almost feels like, it would be a story of telling how the world fell down or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
or or am I, maybe I'm mis misinterpreting it, you know, or and I just don't know enough about the lore and like Max has grown up in this kind of the world in the state it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure what this will be covering exactly or how this will fit in naturally to the pre-existing Mad Max timeline or if it's going to completely sort of ignore yeah, or, or, you know, kind of do some kind of time bendy stuff um, mm. in terms of this story. Because it does feel like that's what they're going to be covering, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I hope that uh, I was, you know, when you watch the first Mad Max, it was so low budget and stuff. Mm -hmm. and you're looking around and they're just using Australia as like the wasteland because it's empty, you know, whatever. And it works. But, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. But either way, I guess I'm interested in, um, in Furiosa at least somewhat. So, mm -hmm. and I loved Fury Road. Uh, the Fury Road yeah. was great. So Miller is back doing this. Then, mm -hmm. I mean, if we get more of that sort of thing. I'm kind of went all in. Yeah, I um I really liked Fury Road. I I kind of liked that I don't know, this 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 one seems like a lot of high profile casting and like you said a lot of like new like very recently exposed faces and I kind of like that Fury Road wasn't that. So I'm interested I mean, to see Yeah. what this will be. It's not like Charlize Ther Theron was like an unknown actress i just mean like she hadn't been everywhere in a while yeah i mean i think it would be put uh charlise and um tom hardy you know in the in the lead there in the top that's that's some that's some big names there mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm always i'm always usually more inclined to approach something or be excited about it when you have fewer names mm -hmm. sometimes but that's not always the case. Dune is chock yeah. full of big talent, you know, um, or like sometimes even the smaller stuff like Lighthouse, Willem mm -hmm. Dafoe, and then um, Pattinson, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes it's the thing that, sometimes it's the thing that draws you in because mm -hmm. I'll, why would I have seen this or what is this? But here's these big names, so I'll give it a try. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's, well, this thing did so well. Mm -hmm. Now we have the money and the recognition to bring in right big names and it doesn't necessarily always like work out. For yeah. Reasons. Yeah. That's, that's sort of my line of thinking. Like usually when you have that, like one strike that, that hits, you know, like you said, you get big names that want to be attached to the next project. And then it always seems like that doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Like when you mention things like, you know, the lighthouse, like I hadn't heard from Willem Dafoe in a while. So it was more like, oh, I mean, he is such a solid actor and he hasn't been anything like I'm intrigued because he's attached to this project. It wasn't that, you know, Willem Dafoe had been in six movies prior. Now he was coming to this as well. Because I sort of feel like actors get overstretched when they're in everything and you're bound to have like one or two that just end up being total duds. Which, I mean, well, well, Anya Taylor-Joy already could have had her dud happen with New Mutants. I mean... How dare you? <laughs> let's be real. I don't like, know that Like, box office-wise, that, that was a dud. 
Um, so, I mean, so this could, you know, be the thing that, that turns out really great for her. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, like trying to cast a dark cloud on it, but I don't know. I'm just not, well, really not totally convinced. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been, uh, as far as I know in anything real amazing mm-hmm. other than his notable role as Thor, mm-hmm. you know, like he's done stuff for sure. He's been in things, but none of what them have the, really um, it. There's there one was, on Netflix. There's that he, like trying to get someone out of, uh, the Middle East or something like that. Oh That's, yeah. Stunts and anyway, extraction. Extraction. Yes, yeah. There's, there's one that I actually really liked of him. Um, it was another, uh, racing movie. I thought he did actually really well. Huh. Yeah. Oh, men in black was, I did see, not that see that. Profile. That was terrible. Yeah, people said it was bad. Cause it, yeah, because it was Thor and Valkyrie. But I think I feel I like people had in their head that it was like Thor and Valkyrie, and then they like saw the movie and they were like, I can't Maybe, make this yeah. transition here. There was yeah, there's one that he did. Oh, I can't think of the the racing movie that he did. Um, it was pretty high profile, and I thought it, it actually really went well. But okay, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to think of it later. But yeah, the, it is a big name to to attach him to this movie, and I think it's kind of in his wheelhouse. Is like act rush. Thank you. I think that's it. I think it's it. That sounds um, familiar. But yeah, I think he's a he's a high profile name to attach to this movie. But it's also like in his wheelhouse. Yeah, it's definitely Rush. Um, it's like that gritty action. Like, I mean, you could totally borrow his look almost from Thor. Like recently, mm. well, no, like middle like middle Thor, like Ragnarok Thor, and he would just fit right in. Say pudgy. <laughs> not not pudgy Thor. Not pudgy. I've got dreadlocks Thor. <laughs> uh, although I am curious to see how that um that bounces like from you know what what he was considering the end of you know avengers into uh thor love and thunder mm-hmm. and how that look will will transition uh alan did mention that he was in star trek i don't yeah, like count that small. super much it was like five minutes of screen time even though he did a great yeah. job he did a good job yeah. But it was I, that's minutes. like my favorite thing of his, basically, other than <laughs> he just is he feels different in that movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say with Willem Dafoe. Like he, Willem Dafoe has been in a lot of things where other than the Lighthouse now where he's just become yeah, this oh, really yeah. good um, like uh, co-star in things. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not the headline. Um, you know, he's not being the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. but just in the role in John Wick. And then uh, in Aquaman, you know, he's just like this solid, yeah, you know, secondary. So yeah, he's almost, uh, he's almost a what I would term like a serious character actor. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like he's yeah. just not like the funny version. I mean, normally when you say somebody's a character actor, you you kind of associate humor with that. But I think he's like the serious version, whatever that might be. Yep. So. But well, yeah, anyway, that'll uh, be that'll be an interesting movie to keep an eye on and, and see how that's kind of going. Yeah. Well, from one future fantasy kind of uh, movie <laughs> genre type of thing to the past, yes. fantasy more traditional, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogies are going to be available on 4K UHD, finally. Yeah. It's crazy. It hasn't been the case yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was just looking, I was wondering if, because uh, Apple generally, if you buy a movie um, from them, mm-hmm. if they a 4K version of it gets released, they just upgrade your version for free. Sure. And so like recently had that all, all the Disney movies, like if you bought a Disney movie um, for, you know, they had it where digitally they were just available uh, in 1080. And um, now mm-hmm. they got a free upgrade to that. So I was wondering if my Lord of the Rings ones would do here, but I think technically I redeemed digital copies from the box of those, okay. so that might not count. But anyways, we can see the Lord of the Rings movies in higher quality now, coming yes. soon. Yes. So that'd be good. Yes, that was a very cute announcement from Sean Astin, and yeah. uh, he gave he gave a great shout out that you know Peter Jackson had overseen all the remastering, which. Um, if you've seen his his recent movie, um, it's the war movie. Um, oh, Tolkien, the one with the uh, beast in there and stuff. Did he do that? No, no. It's actually like the World War One movie where he like digitally remastered all the footage um, oh, and wow. like okay. and all these like old recordings. And it was just like beautifully done. So, you know, he's got like remastering down. I mean, cool. it was it was absolutely beautiful. So. I'm excited. Uh, give us another excuse. They shall not grow old. Thank you. I knew it began with they, and then all of a sudden, my, my brain could only come, with, come up with their eyes were watching God, which is not anything close <laughs> to what that movie is about. So thank you, Alan. Um, and then we got a few gaming news stories quick. Um Mm-hmm. Amazon games, yeah, they've been, uh, you know, Amazon recently announced their uh, Luna mm-hmm. game streaming service. Yeah. Um, and they've been, had their own, like, if you have Amazon Prime, they give away some games for free from other people trying to do, like, what Epic Games does. Yeah. Get you to download their launcher, all that stuff. And they're making games, too. They have a big open world RPG kind of thing coming or whatever. But the first one um, was Crucible. Yep which I did play, which mm-hmm. I did think was boring. Um, or I like, a, you know, I just tried it once basically. Um, but then they announced because people weren't big into it, that they were going to re um, they were going to like double their efforts and go back and retry it. And so when you posted this, I hadn't heard, <sighs> I, I guess they, I guess they're, um, they're trying again only goes so far. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they did try again. They still had like support issues. Um, they couldn't get like updates working. They couldn't get updates fast enough. And they were just having a lot of like patching issues. So they decided to just pull it. Um, and I don't know if, if that means pull it forever, forever, or pull it completely, retool it, and release it. But unfortunately, like they're uh, this isn't a good look for them that this was supposed yeah. to be their like first big launch and it's just not going well at all. And and I mean, partially not not going well because of support issues. I think that's a big deal. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. They see mm-hmm. gaming as a big opportunity, you know. Yeah. Um, and this just shows Amazon and Google are great examples. You can't necessarily just jump in. You know, exactly. and just do this. And yeah. uh, I have no doubt that Amazon and Google will take it seriously and they will get to a point where they will have oh, yeah. viable platforms. Um, but it's, it's going to take some now. time. <laughs> yep. 
gonna take some time. So it's if there was a magic like formula and key to making great games and stuff, everybody would do it, <laughs> but exactly. there's not. So it doesn't work out that way. Exactly. So, um, and then uh, in a, other games, I hope are great. Uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, they had another Night mm -hmm. City Wire. Um, talked about the vehicles in the game, different mm -hmm. classes that you can choose and how fancy they are and detailed and on talked about recording sounds for them and all that. Mm -hmm. And the coolest thing, Keanu Reeves is a big motorcycle guy yeah. and he has his own like custom, uh, <clears throat> motorcycle shop. And so they designed a bike to put in the game. So that's cool. Yeah. I did catch a glimpse of that. That looks pretty sweet. And then they went over some of the fashion, the different like fashion styles uh, for different um, kind of parts of the population. So you can just imagine then, you know, in an RPG, okay, I can customize not only like the look of my character, but then the the clothing and style and what kind of kind of ride you want to have, and it'll be fun. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a fun sneak peek. Yep, I I've, I've liked these events so far because. They haven't been spoilery. They really have been mm -hmm. kind of behind the scenes, you know, yeah. different elements of the game um, without like keep keep on showing us more gameplay or something that I feel mm -hmm. like I don't need to see. Uh, it's been like if they did another one, show me all the cool like brands and soda and different things or something in the game. Like that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we get too focused sometimes on, you know, they're showing us gameplay or they're showing us this. But like, and this is more of like kind of the fun side of, you know, getting a sneak peek at the game without giving anything away, but it's also marketing as well, you know, marketed well, like this is a spoiler, not like a spoiler, but a teaser without like promising something that you're not getting. So yeah. well done. Um, <laughs> couple of things, uh, Xbox related, Phil Spencer gave an interview and I know the big story has mm -hmm. been everywhere. Like, Will Xbox, will they make, um, keep Bethesda games exclusive to their platforms or not? And mm -hmm. I think I said on a previous episode that I could see them doing a timed exclusivity. Yep. But um, this uh, interview, which as time has gone on, makes a lot more sense to me, uh, seems to pretty well confirm that they're going to be exclusive. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the, the point is to drive subscriptions of game pass mm -hmm. and having great exclusive games will do that. So, yep. yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I don't, I don't think anybody's surprised by this announcement. I think it's great that they're already honoring everything that's been announced, you know, thus mm -hmm. far, you know, for other platforms. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is a surprise and it's a good move for Xbox. Well, if you look online, there's plenty of people in denial. Well, it's yeah, it can't be. They can't <laughs> take it away from me. They can't. Yeah, They're yeah. I mean, anybody rationalize. Yeah, I was gonna say anybody that's like rational is not surprised by this. But yes, I can. I can see that there's going to be wailing and moaning and and how dare you? But yeah, anybody who's like thinking about it in a business sense is not surprised by this. Yeah. Um, and then Game Pass. Uh, so Microsoft mm -hmm. is one of the. 
I'm a big fan of Apple, especially in the last couple of years. They've done, they've really come back around, in my opinion, been doing really great work in a lot of categories, but mm -hmm. they're not letting the Xbox game streaming service on iOS. And I think that is really foolish. Mm -hmm. um, oh, someone in chat's asking if Microsoft, if we think we'll redo the engine for Fallout. I don't know. You know, Ooh. it's about, it's maybe about time. I, it's it's interesting because when you have all these different studios together now, they mm. theoretically can <laughs> they can use each other's tech, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so that definitely is exciting, you know. But you know, Bethesda <clears throat> already owns different stuff. You know, they have the um, ID that does Doom and and stuff. Like they could have used something like that. Um, so yeah, will they redo the engine? I don't know if they redo it, but they could borrow someone else's, mm -hmm. you know, you got a lot of other, a lot of the tech now available, um, at their fingertips. So, um, I know that fallout has, um, has been looking a little old in most of its iterations. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, Bethesda games are kind of known for being kind of buggy. So maybe they, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and then, oh yeah, so I was saying Apple, uh, they're not letting the game streaming services into iOS. Right. And, um, I think that's pretty foolish and I think eventually they'll come around, but in, for the time being, everybody else is going around them, uh, and Xbox game pass is going to be built for in browser, just mm -hmm. like Amazon's uh, streaming service is going to be. And, um, I mean, I think this is good. Uh, progressive web apps are, a lot of people argue about the future. So yep. why not? They're going to have to build a browser version anyways. That's how you're going to play on any other kind of screen. So yep. yeah. Yeah. Good. A smart, a smart, uh, workaround there. Yep. And then, um, we finally get, we keep getting little drips there of, uh, <laughs> PlayStation information and, um, we yep. got, a. A user interface walkthrough, mm -hmm. which uh, did you get to see any of that at all? I did. Yeah, I got to see some of the the main kind of home screen and and main features. Um, I didn't get to d go too detailed. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but I saw a little over half of it. Okay, yeah, it's um, I'm. What surprised me about it, I guess, is how much I wasn't guessing that they would change that much from the what the PlayStation Four had. Mm -hmm. I thought that people kind of like that and then whatever. And this is pretty different. Yep. Um, it looked a little confusing to me just because, I don't know, it's different. But it uh, looked nice. I was impressed at how uh, fluid it seemed. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the features will go unused. But, um, no, I, I, I'm kind of excited for it. I, one of the – I kind of was thinking about today sitting in the tractor. And it's like one of the – Things I like about Xbox is I think it's a it's a better platform. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it, they kind of got going in consoles with the way you you set up uh, party chat and the online stuff, and I think that that stuff all works very well. But PlayStation has you know generally better software. Well, mm -hmm. to me, this looks like kind of a really modernization of their yeah. of their interface user interface. And I um, so yeah, I'm optimistic. Yeah, that's my spiel there. <laughs> um, I'm excited for both of them. I still don't have a PS5 pre-order locked in, though. 
still right. haven't haven't gotten one so hopefully hopefully i will yet um spoiler time the boys season two <laughs> episode eight spoiler get ready time. there's a lot yeah it's pretty major so i didn't see your notes here i was looking it's like oh, i didn't see any notes from andrea but you got a lot and <laughs> that's good because don't uh, i always I'll, yep mm -hmm. um before we jump into it i just want to thank um i don't know how to say it um sissonet 18 for the follow on twitch thanks <laughs> appreciate it yeah um thanks for joining so, us tonight yeah if uh, hopefully you've seen seen the boys now yeah <laughs> um, or get get out while you still can <laughs> yeah. um what did you think of the season finale i thought it was really excellent they took care of a lot of major storylines while still leaving some key elements open um i liked that there seemed to be a natural point where things were ending and then things picked back up again um because there was there was sort of that like false ending about 10 minutes before like the actual end of the the show where you know like everybody was kind of going off and doing their own thing and um they were playing kind of some like happy closing music and i was like that isn't the boys like what are you giving me right now like everything is so wrapped up and tidy and I was very disappointed in it and then um, realized there was some extra time left and, and really appreciated like the new directions that this kind of opened up, that this like last 10 minutes opened up. So overall, really well done. Definitely there were some surprises that I did not see coming and some twists in here for some characters that I thought were, again, really excellent. Yeah. Um... So when did you get to watch this? How long ago did you watch it? Just a day ago. Okay. All right. So it's fresher in your mind. Very so. fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, what, um, I mean, where do we, where do we start? Um, it's <laughs> Becca coming back. Yeah. Becca, I guess that's, that's <laughs> Becca on the run. Help. Yeah. Yeah. Back on the run after, you know, Homelander and Stormfront decided that they were going to be her son's like new family. That was that was obviously a, a major part of this episode was them trying to like form this like creepy, perfect family. And it just yeah. like failing and falling apart. And there was there was such great like emotional push and pull because, um, you know, they they get Ryan to Vought Tower. He's obviously like, you know, having a hard time adjusting, even though like the excitement was there at first. Like, I'm I'm free, I'm out in the world. I now know all of this exists. You know, I'm I'm rebelling against my mom. But that's very short-lived. And then, you know, we've got him asking for his mom and not like immediately trusting Homelander yeah. and Stormfront. And I think that's a that's a key part to this story. Is you can't just like create a family like that. <laughs> so earlier in the season, someone had said, "Well, Homelander will get bored and then he'll move on." Mm -hmm. Did that happen in this case? Kind of. I mean, they sort of um, allude that he has to choose what's more important. Yeah. And the adulation. Yes. Of his 
fans is what really clearly, matters. Clearly, so. which which I think you saw like signposted at several points because early on in this episode, Homelander's talking about like all the mistakes he thinks they're making to Stormfront, you know, like Starlight's out there, like uh, Black Noir <laughs> is still in a vegetative state after, you know, his tree nut allergy. And, you know, he's like listing all these things that are going wrong and, and Stormfront is like, no, we, you know, it's okay. We have all these things going right for us. And, you know, even if people are turning away from us, we don't need like the, the crowds and we don't need the press and the, you know, we don't need to perform for people and get the claps and blah, blah, blah. And you could see Homelander's face sort of turn at that moment. And I was like, wrong thing to say Stormfront. He loves all of that stuff. He loves the people. He loves going in front of a crowd, talking to the press. That's like his, you know, bread and butter. That's, that's what he craves. So I think that was sort of signposted from the very beginning that he was going to have to make some choices about losing, you know, possibly his family, his like new, like weirdo chosen family in yeah. Stormfront and Ryan or, you know, the the people, the masses. And I'm not surprised at what he chose. Not at all. Well, and that pairing, um, Stormfront and Homelander seemed odd to begin with because she clearly yeah. has a a creed and mm -hmm. Homelander doesn't. He no. is about that, you know, He's he is about, about being the face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed weird if he was gonna just go along with this then. Mm -hmm. And you could see that too when she started talking to him. She started talking to his kid about um, what I think. Oh, you know, uh, God. Oh, white genocide. Uh, oh, which yes. is not a thing. <laughs> it like, is wow, not a thing. That is not I real. Just, <laughs> I just thought, well, I mean, there's maybe the chance that you, I mean, step in or it's it's clearly a, uh, you can see in his face, like, oh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about this with, with our kid, you know? Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I um, I don't think that was, you know, I think Stormfront made a series of missteps, um, in terms of of Homelander, um, and and kind of like trying to get Homelander and Ryan like where she wanted them to be, potentially where uh, her former family were. I don't, I don't really know, um, how, like her daughter and her, her former husband, you know, Frederick Vaught, I don't know how long they, they had as like an actual family. Um, but if they did have some time together, perhaps she was trying to, you know, kind of get Homelander and Ryan and fit them into those roles that she'd had before. And I, I just don't think they fit there. So she, she made some, some missteps. Um, she did sort of engineer a very sweet moment between uh, Homelander and Ryan uh, where, you know, he was trying to talk to him about, you know, a lot of this is new for you and I understand how you feel. You haven't really been out in the world. No, I wasn't out in the world either. And it was very overwhelming for me. And, you know, I can show you yeah. and guide right. you. And, and I thought like, oh, like this is very weird that I'm sort of like um, enjoying this moment between them. Um, Cause I thought it was the first time that Homelander actually acted like he thought about his son instead of himself. Yeah. And I thought maybe this was going to be like a, not, not necessarily a total turning point for his character, but you know, was going to en engender some kind of growth and it, and unfortunately mm -hmm. just 
really didn't. They've done well at points to like maybe bait you into thinking that, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, that there's going to be some sort of change. Yeah. Um, Sissonet in chat asks, how many seasons do you think they'll do of this show? Oh. Um, you know, not being familiar with the comic books, um, I would, my guess wouldn't be based on much, I suppose. Um, I so could my see... understanding, they kind of diverged some. Yes, yes. They've, from the comics. they've absolutely diverged some storylines. Um, I know, I know that they're guaranteed a season three right now. I would say they're maybe on a track to do somewhere around five, maybe six. Okay. And, and they're I, not long. So they're, yeah, they're not good. long. Um, I don't think they want to like take, I don't know that they want to do like, um, much more than like maybe like a six season arc. I don't know in terms of like popularity, if they, you know, are worried it might not carry that long. Yeah. Worried about, you know, if we do, um, run out of source material, are we going to take a game of Thrones nosedive and, you know, yeah. have a cursed season seven and, and especially eight. Um, I do think it's heartening that they have already adapted so much of the material and moved away from some of the storylines and had success in, mm -hmm. you know, season one and two, but I, I wouldn't say that this is a, a long running show. I would hope for, for four seasons. I think I think because okay. they moved, they moved this, the story along the world story along further than I thought they would mm -hmm. in this season, sure. you know, um, like you can folk keep focusing on sort of the personal struggle of everybody, but then it's well, you know, what's the greater the greater the macro scale story mm -hmm. here? And yeah. they really did. They it tackled like okay, V being everybody knowing what that is, and the superheroes are made, and then we got right. we make a whole a storyline with like importing super terrorists and like like that's a lot on large scale that happened yeah. in the world in, in this universe, mm -hmm. and so. Um, I don't want to see, you know, I'm always a fan of not letting something just like go on and die a slow death. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see another season now of, um, some sort of, um, rearrangement of, cause we've talked before about how the boys, should they pair up with certain of the superheroes? And we mm -hmm. see that in some of this now with Maeve jumping in, you know, and yeah. Starlight say like there's a continual commingling and um, similar uh, goals that we mm -hmm. see. And to me, it's got to, you know, we've got to end up getting a confrontation between Vought, Vought loyalists, I guess, or something mm -hmm. and everyone else. And yeah. so... I don't know. I can see that playing out in, in two more seasons. Yeah. I think anything mm -hmm. beyond that, you got to really change the, the, the direction, you know, it's going to have to really be a shift. And I mean, if they've got something fine, but so yeah, I did I'm gonna put uh, my money on four. Okay. I, I'm still thinking like five or six, like de depending on a, a choice that they make for season three that I, I did learn about, uh, quite accidentally, um, when uh, when they revealed um, part of Black Noir's face in ep episode seven, um, mm -hmm. they kind of I had read something about 
um, a possible storyline involving sorry. Black Noir. I know, I know, I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, the article said spoilers for, you know, episodes seven and eight. And I was like, well, I've already watched them. So, you know, I won't get any spoilers. But then it, it talked about like a spoiler, a potential uh, ramification spoiler. And I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. How dare you? Yep. So, so if they make this choice with Black Noir, I, I could see it kind of extending and rippling just a bit beyond like a season four and maybe into a five or a six, but we'll okay. see. Well, we can use Sis uh, and its uh, other question here in chat to hmm. talk about Maeve. So he asked, do you think that they could have saved the people on the plane if they really tried? So where do we, how do we see Maeve in this episode? Um, what do you think her growth has or hasn't been for the season? And then to the question, like, you know, if, would that have been possible? Yeah, I think Maeve's gone through a lot this season, um, both in terms of her own agency and choices being forced on her that she's she's now trying to make the best of. Obviously, the plane was was not her choice, and she sort of was, you know, uh, forced into complicity with, you know, leaving yep. people on the plane. Um, and then, similarly, this season, of course, she was forced right out of the closet <laughs> by Homelander yep. and had to sort of make the best of that that choice as well. Um, so she's she's been through a lot in in those terms. Um, and now, like I said, she's just cr trying to make the best of a lot of things. And in this latter half of the season, I think she's kind of made a few of her own choices that like saving Starlight from Black Noir, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> poisoning him with the, with uh, his only weakness, a tree nut allergy, which I still yep. still laugh about. And then, of course, jumping in in this episode uh, to help the boys defeat Stormfront. Um. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she's she's undergone a lot of change and a lot of growth, and she's really trying to, you know, learn from that and create her own agency. Whether we agree with her choices or not, you know, obviously Hugh and Annie ask her to um, stand up and testify against Vought. She's not willing to do that, but she comes to like their aid in in defeating Stormfront, and that's her choice. And um. Yep. I applaud her for that. Of course, she she finally brings to light the blackmail evidence she's got against Homelander and forces him to back down, which yeah. I think was a major yep. win for her. Yep. Um, so yeah, her, yeah, her journey has been great this this season. I've really enjoyed her character. I think she's one of the better characters in this show. Mm -hmm. Like well-rounded, having having a path and having, you know, some development and just being done in a in a realistic way. Um, she's not just like all on board, you know, um, some of, she's been beaten down and she's become part of this system and stuff. And so would realistically take time to mm -hmm. like, not be that, to start, you yeah. know, thinking for yourself and doing your own thing. And like, you know, understandably standing up against someone that could crush you, um, kind of mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, it's, she's been fun to watch for sure. Yeah, she was very flat in season one, but I think now looking back with the added, you know, benefit of this season, that was probably very intentional, mm -hmm. you know, that she was just very much yep. a part of the thought machine and was kind of over it 
you know, the, the one big, big moment that she had, of course, again, was the, was the plane debacle. Um, and to, to get back to the original question, I don't think that, um, Homelander, um, well, I mean, Maeve, unfortunately really couldn't have saved people in the plane because she can't fly. Homelander is the one. She could have saved the girl, the little girl. She, she could have saved a few. She could have grabbed them, maybe, you know, and jumped out jumped, with them but, at the. You can't, you can't always guess like what the impact of the jump will be, so no, she could have killed them too. I mean, they died anyway, so yeah. she could have at least tried. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, really, I, that would have been on Homelander, unfortunately. Yeah, it's and he could have. I think he could have too, because I know I understand that I like the what they took. We're like, well, I can't just push up again. You know, I'm not pushing against anything, or I'll, I'll I'll like just blast a hole through it. You know, like the physics of this here. Yeah. How can I? I can't just. It's not like Superman. I can't just whatever. You know, and we right. haven't really seen his strength. He just likes to laserize everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. we don't really know the limits of his strength. Exactly. But we know I think that though. he could have. Right. I think he could have like basically grabbed the front of the plane and pulled it to a descent. That's what I was kind of So thinking. you become the engine and you're basically like pulling this thing so right. you can keep going forward and like have it, you know, bring right. it to a landing. I'm not saying it would be super easy. Um, you know, but I still think it's a thing he could have done or attempted or tried cuz I mean, really at the end of the day, like like you either try and it succeeds or unfortunately the people on the plane die, which by you doing nothing, they do anyway. Right. So there's really no downside to trying. Trying. Yeah. But it was to show, <laughs> it was to show us oh, yeah. the, like the lack of, of Homelander's, you know, humanity. Well, you and, know, and his, really sort of, his predilection for the easy solution like this, this <laughs> again, possible but difficult and he wasn't interested in even trying the difficult it was like like laser eyes that's why he does it it's easy thing exactly exactly he could have gone up to the guy in the cockpit and just broke his neck he's bulletproof right but no he had a like full power laser beam through him because he just must love seeing that happen yep yeah i think he, he relies on that too much and i think at some point um, the boys are going to figure something out for that or, or somebody yeah. is going to figure something out for that because <laughs> a mirror, <Yeah>. Alan, <laughs> uh, that'd be, that'd actually be really good. I, I wonder how effective Homelander's powers are against himself. Uh, that'd it's be interesting. A, yeah, mirror shield from Zelda. Someone yeah. just, you know, make, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think at some point somebody has got to like take away the laser eyes so that Homelander is tested somehow. And that freaks him out. Yeah. I want to see fan art of like Homelander on one side and Cyclops on the other. And they're laser oh, beams, <laughs> eyes, like locking, you know? Yeah. Who's got so, it. <laughs> well, my brother-in-law, Luke, he in the chat, he says, uh, or that they should land the plane, how they do in the B movie, but I have not seen the B movie. Do you know no, what that I is? Unfortunately. Like, you'd have to describe it to me. Uh, <laughs> so, cause I don't, I, I haven't seen that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, what else? So that's Maeve. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we talked about Stormfront some, but what do we ultimately now that Stormfront uh, we saw what happens to Stormfront? What do we think of that character and like her arc or development or lack thereof or whatever? Yeah. Um, so of course the the big thing that happens. I mean, the, the first big thing that happens with Stormfront in this episode. Um, really is the fact that a train gets a hold of the the recorded fact that she is a Nazi yes. uh, with plenty of proof to back it up. Oh yes. From the church. From the, right? the, yeah, the church, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I think we should definitely talk about them and what their next mm -hmm. move is going to be. But yeah, so a train overhears um, the meeting between Mr. Edgar and the head of the, the church um, saying that, you know, unfortunately he won't be joining the seven because there's only room for one guy and so his revenge is to get stormfront kicked out um and so he comes in and like gathers all the these secret files that the church has on her and drops them literally into you know huey and annie's lap and um they unexpected. very unexpected i did not see that coming i did not also figure out how he was able to get inside the car. Great job. He just like appeared out of nowhere. There was no like sunroof or moonroof that he could just like drop into. A, he's like a Dilophosaurus, you know, <laughs> in Jurassic Park. He just like can get he's in the other side there. of the vehicle. Yeah. You know, yeah. He just pops up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so the, yeah, so he obviously helps them out and they release all of that um, out into the world. And that ends up being her death blow because there's a lot of things people can tolerate, but, um, when, when it's sort of like masked, but the second you bring up Nazi, I mean, you're done for, you're just, you're done. Um, so she's justifiably enraged at the fact that like now nobody will be listening to her social media starts, you know, turning on her, you know, before she was wielding yep. the power of social media and now it's turning on her. Um, like a true double-edged sword and then um, goes to confront the boys about what they've done and ends up getting the shit kicked out of her by Maeve, Kimiko, and uh, Starlight, which was like a great, great scene kind of echoing the girls get it done, you know, that we had earlier in the season that was like such a focus. And it really was. I oh, mean, the guys yeah. were just kind of like standing there like, they got this. Like, I'm not really contributing anything. Um, and then, of course, the the climax at, right after this, like, girl on girl, like, brutalized beating that she took, um, was that she tried to go get Ryan again for some reason. I'm not really sure what she thought she was going to accomplish there. And then, yeah. Well, I think she, I mean, there's a reason she really was uh, infatuated actually with Homelander. You know, he was seen, she saw him as like the creation, you know, yeah, like the I perfection just, I, of her late husband's work, you know? Yeah. I just kind of thought at the end, uh, towards the end of the episode, she was kind of cooling on Ryan and was not like, was not pleased that he really wasn't demonstrating his, his powers he wasn't um the strong boy that you know she kind of was hoping he would be um and the fact that like he really wasn't taking to her you know fable of white genocide being an actual thing so i sort of thought she well, was, I, mean, I, I mean he was just, 
confused by that. I don't. I, well, yeah, I mean, but clearly she'd need to have her claws in him for a lot longer, you know. Exactly. That's why I kind of thought like maybe she was cooling on him and would just like sort of let him be a casualty maybe and then just like focus redouble her focus on Homelander. So I just yeah, I I just thought it was interesting that she did try and go and get him um very mistakenly attacked his real mother right in front of him. Um yeah, bad bad call. Which, again, like you haven't which bonded maybe, with him enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's not yeah. going to betray his real mom for you, his mom of, you know, 5 minutes. Yep. So yeah, and then well, ends up the her, her grisly, grisly end at uh, at Ryan's laser eye. Yeah, yeah, it's very like sort of uh, Anakin Skywalker there. Mm-hmm. It's like legs gone, burning up. Yes. So. Yep. Yep. I uh, I was a little bummed that Kimiko wasn't and didn't end up being the one to kill her, but this also felt like a big plot move, you know. Yep. That that Ryan ended up being the one that that was like the thing he needed to trigger his superpower was the fact that she was Which, attacked. I mean, is is normal. That's Goku for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all kinds of things. It's X Men. The the mm-hmm. tense situation triggers the you know heightened emotions, all that. Right, and then as of as course. Uh, oh, I was just gonna well, say, just, you know, the the, right. the side effect, of course, of that was he ended up killing his own real mother as well with the with the blast yep. unfortunately which is perfect trauma you know yes. to make him interesting going forward so yep yeah and move, isn't that yeah move yeah. several storylines along i mean butcher was so hung up on on becca for a long time it'll be interesting to see where he goes now he's kind of adrift yep without that purpose well luke sent me the clip of mm-hmm. the b movie and how that how that plane landing worked okay um, and yeah uh <laughs> do that uh, it's pretty bad. I wouldn't recommend watching it. I like that. <laughs> I like that caveat. <laughs> um, yeah, Stormfront was really, uh, I, I think ultimately she was a well done character. Um, mm-hmm. For me, anyway, she really, you know, as the character really is intended to do, draws you in. She's something different. She's kind of a breath mm-hmm. of fresh air from the rest or the corporate idea of Vought, you know. Um, changing that image and then and then adding the darker layer and getting to this to to see um like true intentions and motivations behind her and stuff so she was full of surprises mm-hmm. um and so worked out i well. thought i thought she was an excellent one season arc though like i there yeah. wasn't a part yeah. of her storyline that i thought dragged or was confusing or didn't fit mm-hmm. Like it was just all perfectly laid out within one season. So well. You didn't know what your villain would be, your antagonist would really be going into this season. Lots of guesses, but it wasn't her. You know, like she Mm -hmm. came out of less left field and so but well done. Mm Mm-hmm. Um what else we have that's big in here? Um let's see. Well, I mean, it was a very quick moment, but I thought it was very big to know that Huey's mom isn't dead. They talk about, he and Annie talk about that in the car, and I kind of thought, who could she be? I mean, we're bringing this up, and I don't think it's Mm -hmm. just random. Um, You know, he talks about her just kind of leaving one day, and I think that sort of opens a door for 
maybe some of the storyline to focus on Huey's life next season. I mean, he kind of goes through some very big things. Can we not focus on Huey and his life? Well, that's the kind of thing that makes me tune out. I just don't don't care about Huey anymore. I, I, well, I don't know that I don't care about Huey anymore. I mean, he was a little rough this season. He had some good moments, but I'm interested, of course, now that, you know, the final 10 minutes of the season finale have happened, big, big, big spoilers. We find out that Victoria Newman, Congresswoman, is the head exploder mm-hmm. because she, of course, explodes uh, the head of the uh, the Church of the Collective. Right. And he's going to work for her. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm very interested in that. Um, I'm interested in not necessarily like just focusing on him, but the whole, you know, campaign and she's going to head up this new division um overseeing soups um oh alistair yeah thank you alan i i could not remember his name um the head of the church um so she's going to oversee this division that like kind of oversees vaught and and oversees superheroes and and monitors for supervillains kind of like a super version of maybe homeland security kind of thing um, so I'm very interested to see where all of that goes, you yeah. know, and, and kind of. Get yeah, no, that. I'm interested in that for sure. And I suppose Huey will, if he'll be the one to figure out who she is or something, you know. Right. Um, maybe it'll be good for him to be away from the other guys for a bit or something, you know. I think maybe so. Will, but maybe it'll be bad for Butcher or, you know, we have, maybe they won't be as separated as we think, you know. Right. Yeah. Every, so, yeah, when they, when they had this sort of like false ending. Um, you know, everybody seemed to be going off like Butcher was, you know, handing Ryan off to Mallory to protect him. Um, kind of unclear how maybe involved he was going to be in Ryan's life or if, if this was going to be like a true, like, we're going to take him away and hide him. Um, you know, MM gets to go see his family again. Frenchie, Kimiko go off. You know, they talk earlier in the episode about you know, having fun and dancing. So they go out and do that. It's sort of implied that they're maybe going to be kind of road tripping around for a little bit, you know, going out to see more of the world and experiencing some joy. Huey's, you know, going to go work for, for Congresswoman Newman. Um, so yeah, so we're really kind of seeing like the, the pseudo breakup of the boys and yeah, how long is that going to hold? Huey will, Huey will be the one to draw them back. Because he'll oh, discover yeah. working in this whole thing, like, oh, my God, this is bad. We got, you know, when everyone else is trying to <laughs> form some semblance of a life again because they've all their crimes have been expunged from the record, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that could be done well or not. That could really be totally, an issue totally. where they're trying to, like, oh, come back again. And we do the whole recruiting thing again mm-hmm. um, because they have to sell us. Why would MM leave his family now? Right. He almost lost them before. Major criminal on the run. Like, yeah. why would you risk that again? You Absolutely. know. And so, um, Mallory talks about us. You know, setting up a their own, like you say, a task force kind of thing. That butcher. So that makes sense. And... Yeah. You know. So you're under. You. So you have a legitimate job that you go to right. work for. You're right. An umbrella of protection a little bit now. You're not just totally operating out in the dark. Don't take any job where you're disavowed if you know if you're (laughs) discovered. 
Yeah, no Mission that. Impossible Ghost Protocol, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think I I do have the worry that this could be very expected, but then I think about when we were at the end of season one and we were like, oh, they're going to have super villains and, you know, they're going to set up Homelander and what if the boys have to work with Homelander? So we, and we thought this was like going to be the focus of the next season. And then suddenly it was like, totally done you know they killed Nakib right away and we were like oh so that's not the focus and then it turns out you know they were using super terrorists or super villains whatever you prefer to call them in a very different way in this season that we did not see coming you know Stormfront kind of like whipping everybody up into a frenzy about you know they're coming into our country so Yes, I worry, but I am hopeful based on what they did with this season and subverting my expectations that that this could be a cool storyline. You know what I hope they don't do is a story about a pandemic. Because oh, <laughs> I, I just so if you do look you at the first two seasons, <laughs> well, on the first two seasons, they've covered a lot of bases. Clearly, the show loves to have fun with um poking at or playing with um, social economic issues of today, you know? And, and so where do they go? Because they've done a lot. Mm -hmm. They've covered a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like sometimes a show runs into the risk of they don't have any new ideas if they don't have something to, um, not necessarily spoof, but to satire in a way, you know, satirize. It's like it's like South Park. South Park didn't necessarily used to be this way, but now it is. Where like they basically are responding to current events, right? And they make their show, and that's how they come with up with content. And if they're straying from the comic books a lot in this mm-hmm. and trying to be relevant, mm-hmm. which I usually hate that phrase or whatever, but they're trying to be relevant here, which right. clearly they have been then where do they go from here Yes, when so much has been dealt with already? So that's our concern I have, I guess, or what, what they'll, sure. they'll do. What have they not tackled yet? Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, there's a very present danger of, like you said, r- kind of taking something that's too fresh, too topical and being, you know, trying to twist it and everybody being like, oh no, we're like living through a pandemic. I really don't want to see you, you tackle this issue. Um, or I think, you know, we could see maybe in the third season, um, they return maybe more to the the source material and go back to the comics and say, you know, we don't want to be too topical. We don't want to fall into this pattern. Let's Let's go back to the source material, maybe follow a few more of the storylines there more faithfully and, you know, maybe just sort of keep us in the present moment um, tangentially through through Huey yep. working at this congresswoman's office. So, yep. yeah, I mean, definitely concerns, but also I think some hopeful, hopeful signs, you know, based on like the transition from season one to season two. So. Sis in it says COVID is the new jump, jump the shark. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're done if you do it, if you make That's it. That's not a bad comparison, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I was, um, I was, 
Ashley wasn't super thrilled with this episode for some reason. She couldn't oh. quantify necessarily why. Um, but um, I uh, I thought it was for a season that I felt ha- wasn't as clean mm-hmm. as season one. I was quite happy with how everything wrapped up. Like, I agree. The amount that they con- that they concluded and the amount that they left open ended mm-hmm. for paths forward. Yes. Um, so I was pretty, and it's a difficult thing always to when you have superheroes, varying abilities and power levels, how you make them in fun ways interact mm-hmm. with one another, and have to deal with. I mean, how many times is Butcher going to escape? being laser-eyed by Homelander. I know. Eventually, it's like you Eventually can't be saved coming. again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, that's those that stuff is all a delicate balance. Mm-hmm. And I thought that ultimately they did they pretty well in, in balancing that this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think, like like I said, you know, wrapping up Stormfront's horm- uh, storyline really worked out, I think, um, kind of wrapping up where... Homelander was going to go with trying to like build this little nuclear nuclear family and then, you know, reining that back in and bringing him back to Vought and bringing him back to, you know, kind of what he, he initially loves Um, that wrapped up. Well, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see much of Ryan with Homelander kind of thing next, next season. And I'm kind of okay with that. I'm kind of done with that storyline for a little bit. Not that I don't want to see Ryan at all, but I'm done with like right. trying to be like a weird father. Yeah. Um, Which they know. seem, yeah. They, yeah. Right. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good with like some of those storylines wrapping up. Um, and um, I'm interested to see, like I said, where, he, where Huey goes, you know, now with, with working for Newman. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens to the church of the collective now that, you know, their, their founder, not their founder, excuse me, their leader, um, Alistair is, has had his head exploded but before he went, he mentioned on the phone that he had files on all these other superheroes. So I'm interested to see where maybe that might go. If maybe the deep is going to get his own kind of revenge scenario or his life will continue to be just like one big train wreck of sadness, you know? Um, and yeah. Our, yeah, I'm just, I'm interested to kind of see where that maybe takes us. That'll be the ultimate thing, right? That in the end, uh, the deep is reformed and victorious. Like he comes out on top for once. For once. My God. His, yeah. His his life has just been kind of one slow, sad descent. And, and I really thought for a moment there, he was going to like get back in the seven and then (laughs) show totally flipped it. And a trains back. And that, That was a great surprise. I did not see that coming. I'm so. still shocked that Lamplighter's done. Yeah. I can't believe they brought him in. I know. Just to kill him right there. He, I, to me, he had, to me, he had a redemption story. Like mm-hmm. he had a redemption arc to, to, to go on, you know? And, um, yeah, I didn't get it. I'm disappointed. I think it was more effective that he wasn't, he didn't end up being that, you know, star witness against Vought and they tried to get Vogelbaum in. And then of course they had that, you know, head exploding, you know, yeah. incident on C-SPAN. I thought that was all really great because of course it provided a twist, you know, things weren't going to be that easy, but I wish that they could have gotten him out of the way without killing him. 
right. you know, like something, something had just happened. He could have escaped or got, you know, something else, but yeah. Yeah. You know what the show needs, I guess will be a mm-hmm. complexity, but like when you look at X-Men or a lot of other superhero things, they're missing a telepath. And so that would be the person mm-hmm. that would see the head popping lady. Yeah. Um, Newman. Well, you know, she that person would be able to tell. That, you're right. That oh, this is who's because we need a detector for who yeah. is doing this. You know. That's that's what I was just gonna point out. Alan said Cindy, perhaps, um, could be a telepath, and I was just gonna wonder uh, about Cindy as well. Yeah, but Cindy, I mean. I mean, it's they possible. Trying to con- Lamplater was trying to convince her. Remember how nice I was to you and stuff? It's like, she if she could see inside their brains, I mean, I guess that'd but, be why she might leave that, let them live. Like, they're not, she'd see they're not right. a threat or something. I, say, like, I mean, I know he was trying to convince her, but I mean, what kind of drugs were they maybe on? What kind of like power mm-hmm. suppression drugs were they on when they weren't being tested? You know, these residents at- Well. That's a lot of, if she can, if she's a, a telekinetic and a telepath, I Jean mean, Gray? she's Jean Grey. Exactly. Right? She's, a, she's the Phoenix. I mean, you know, and I mean, we have a lot of analogs in this, you know, series for, for people with powers. Um, so, I mean, it's not inconceivable that she could be like a Jean Grey type. Yep. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we'll see, but. God, now I'm excited about X-Men, you know? I, I didn't <laughs> see New Mutants yet. And when I was I was down in uh, Sioux City before, and there's a new... So as I said before, John Hickman has like rebooted X-Men, and they did he did a fabulous job with Power of Ten and... Um, what was one other comic line? Power of Ten and X-something or whatever. I don't, I'll think of it later, but... but He's still going and still kind of overseeing this and stuff. And I picked up some new, co- new comics. There's one called um, X of Swords, I think. It's a new event or whatever okay. that I'm excited to read. So, yeah. That's what I'm into right now. Yeah. In comic book related news. Absolutely. <sighs> okay. Well, what else do we have to say about this? Anything? We got um, the the Church of the Collective. We didn't talk about that much, but I'm... I'm glad someone said like F your fresca, right? Yes, several like people did. <laughs> the first Mr. Edgar and then uh, the deep's big parting shot was, you know, fuck fresca. And I was like, yes, thank you. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they I mean, they kind of had their little moment where they had some power and leverage and got, you know, first the deep and then, of course, then a train back into the seven um, you know, they thought they were working with Victoria Newman and, and we're going to give them the dirt on all these other superheroes. And then you got like the huge shock where she's revealed as the, uh, the head exploder. So that was pretty great. Um, but yeah, they did have crazy power, like the church of the collective with Vought, they had incredible yeah. pull. It seemed like I thought he was just kind of like blowing smoke up their ass when he's like, Oh, I have a meeting with, you know, Edgar and really- I know. They really really did. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of interested to see who will take over. If the deep is going to try to make a play or if it's going to be that like kind of crazy therapist chick that. Yeah. Over. Um, Mm -hmm. So they definitely have some story left to tell. I think. In terms 
I think they do too. But the like the archer now, he's labeled oh, as a suppressive yeah. person or whatever. So he's done. Yeah. yeah well, so who's going to be that person? I wondered if uh, you know the deep. You know now that like Alistair quickly labeled him as toxic. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to go seek out his other toxic buddy, Eagle the Archer, and they're yeah. just going to like either take over or totally F up the church. Oh, what a dynamic duo they could be. Yep. Exactly. So both misunderstood and both, you know, just trying to be relevant and, and just yep. continually being beaten down. So could be could be like a fun <laughs> sort of like loser superhero revenge. Yeah. Story. Right. <laughs> so... All and right. then we obviously got to find out, I think, next season what happens to Black Noir. I mean, right now they were talking about him yes. you know, being alive but a vegetable. But I can't imagine that holding forever. So one way uh, or another, I think we're going to have to learn about his fate as well. Hmm. Hmm. So, well, that's another show, another show wrapped up for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to have to pick another another show to to go yeah. through yeah we uh obviously did doom patrol season one and have the season two of that yeah mandalorian season two is coming very soon <laughs> andrea <laughs> um helen says mando in all caps <laughs> yeah mando yeah i mean a very subtle suggestion alan i almost didn't catch it well i I'm, mean I'm it's gonna be on it's, it's gonna be on everyone's everyone's radar you know, I, it's going to be a, a big thing. Um, I have like high hopes, lots of expectations. So I hope they don't let me down. It's like the one piece of Star Wars right now, other than the video games that are um, uh, doing anything for me. So, um, yeah, um, we've got I'm still watching Raised by Wolves and am absolutely in love with it. I mm -hmm. just can't get enough. I'm, I'm a bit behind, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sissonet, I guess I said that right again. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, Sissonet says nice meeting us in the chat. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you very much jumping in, uh, to contribute to the show. Yeah. Um, very on topic. So that's great. Thanks for the follow again. Um, everybody should, um, follow us here. Follow us on YouTube, um, Twitter, Facebook, the social media things. Um, we normally do two shows a week. Right now, we're kind of down to doing one, trying to get one in. Um, everything shows up on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us in your favorite podcast directory. Um, our intro is brought to you by Killing the Flower. Um, you should check them out on YouTube and on Instagram and um is there another social they might be on other socials but those in particular um normally or very often i stream games play with my brother-in-law uh lucas333 that's lucas with the k on twitch um i haven't been able to do that but he is still playing so give him a, a follow um anything you want to plug andrea um not especially right now. I think you you covered everything. I do want to say that I will be going to watch whatever B movie footage that that Lucas <laughs> recommended about plane landing to see to see my thoughts on you know whether Homelander could have accomplished the same thing. So 
very curious to check that out. I'll have to try and get back to, to us with a, with a report on that next week. If we can take yep. a brief tour to, to cover the boys again. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, we should, um, we should probably do some sort of Halloween thing coming up. And coming up, so we should do something creepy. I'm feeling in the, I'm in the alien mood, you know. All right, Especially all right. Especially with the Ridley Scott and the Raised by Wolves, it's made me, you know, think of that again. So, um, something to celebrate Halloween, Absolutely. and then Cyberpunk. We got to do a big lead up to Cyberpunk. So lots of stuff to look forward to from us. Um, keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll try to update you. And yeah, um, thanks for joining me again, Andrea. Of course, and, and enjoyable as always. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye.